Perhaps one of the top two most famous psukim in the entire Torah, probably next to the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And the question is, is that by accident? So obviously the answer is no. Chazal already tells us in the Gemara and Sukkot and Daphne and Beis that as soon as a child begins speaking for the first time, his father shall already begin teaching him these two psukim, the psukim of Torah Sival and Moshe and the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael. And the question is, why is this Pasuk of Torah Sival and Moshe so essential? Why must every child know this Pasuk? And since we've learned this Pasuk since we were little, with all of the different tunes that have been applied to it, perhaps another question that pays for us to ask is whether or not we really understand the meaning of this Pasuk, or where this Pasuk came from. In fact, if we think about where the Pasuk came from, it came from this coming week's parsha. Parashas Vizosa Bracha, and it was uttered and declared by none other than Moshe Rabbeinu. And if that's true, we should perhaps be bothered by another question, maybe a question that we've never asked before, and that is, if this Pasuk was declared by Moshe Rabbeinu, why is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking about himself in the third person? Torah Siva Lanu Moshe. The Torah he commanded to us by Moshe. Moshe commanded us? Well, Moshe is the one speaking, so then who is Lanu? Who is to us? Presumably, tosses the Bnei Israel, right? But Moshe saying it. So, how exactly are we supposed to understand this pasuk? So, we'll address these questions as we enter another dimension—a dimension not only of pshat, but of remez, drash, and sod—a journey to a mystifying paradise of parsha and imagination, which we call the Parsha Pardes. Welcome to Parsha Pardes or Parsha Paradise here at the database of the Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where once again this coming week's parsha is going to be Parshas Vizos Navracha. And if you enjoy sharing like this and others in the podcast and you want to partner up with us with a sponsorship or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group for updates and links for every uploaded share, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data, the base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. And while we're here, um, just offhand, I'm not even sure if for the coming season we're going to continue Parsha Parades and just work on different psukim or if we're going to do something entirely different but of course if you have recommendations I already mentioned where you could reach me and that is the database at gmail.com the data then base b-e-i-s at gmail.com but let's take a look for now at our Pasuk of Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe Marsha Kilas Yaakov which Pashapshat would appear to mean that um, Torah, the Torah, Tziva Lanu, he commanded to us. Who commanded it to us? Moshe. Meaning Moshe commanded us Hashem's Torah. And then the second half, Yaakov, which is, um, we'll loosely translate as, is the heritage um, of the congregation, Kilas Yaakov, the congregation of Yaakov. It's interesting that we call ourselves the congregation of Yaakov. Another question that we could consider, why specifically a Kehila? is one question. And interestingly enough, that we are called the Kehila of Yaakov and not necessarily the Kehila of Yisrael. We might have said Moreshel Am Yisrael. But as far as the Pashab Shah goes, we'll take a look at just some of our classical Rishonim, like Rashi, for example. It says Rashi, Torah, the Torah. Asher Tzivalanu Moshe, that which Moshe commanded to us, so Rashi just throws some words in there. It is a heritage. Some translate it as inheritance, but uh, many of them of Farshim will explain based on Chazal that it's not an inheritance, but it's a heritage. Not just something that comes to you automatically, but something that you have to um, apply yourself to. But it is a Marashak um, to, to the Kehila of Yaakov. Achaznuha, meaning we have taken hold of it. 
And this already perhaps alludes to the drasha that we're going to get to. We're actually going to see when we get over to Remez. But pay attention very closely once again to Rashi's Lashon, as Rashi says, Achaznuha, right? Because the Lashon of Achiza, that is Lashon of a holding, a seizing, which is often used when it comes to, um, for example, acquiring a plot of land for yourself, right? So the question is, does it need us to grab onto it? The answer is yes. It's not something that just falls upon you, as we'll see. Now we'll move over until um, until we get over to Remez. We'll move over to some of the other Mepharshim. So, for example, we have the Ramban, classical Rishon. And the Ramban says like this, So, in other words, the, 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 the point is that we should always lift up these words and uh, that we should take we should take hold of them. If so, because Moshe commanded to us, now it'll be a Morasha for the Kiel of Yaakov. Why? Meaning for generations to come. It means that, similar to what Rashi was just saying, that the, the Bnei Yaakov, they are going to inherit it and they are going to guard it. This is the point. It's not going to be lost from the mouths of the children. This is already perhaps alludes to that drasha that we mentioned earlier of teaching it to the kids. But Darsha Rabbeinu and Midrash Tehillim in Aleph, so says the Ramban, um, they already darshans, Shalom Amar Marasha, Beis Yaakov, O Zera Yaakov, it doesn't say the Beis Yaakov or the Zera of Yaakov, right? not the household of Yaakov and not the progeny, the seed of Yaakov, rather, Amar Kilas Yaakov, Lerames, Sheikali Rabbim Aleihem, that many should gather around it, Yaakov. If we physically gather around it, it sounds like. Then it'll be an, a heritage to Yaakov. Um, and who's going to gather? Who's going to be there? Hagerim, Hanilvim, Alashem So we have the Gerim, and really anyone. So it's talking about everybody. And so this um, already gives us, gets us into the feeling and the mode of of Simchas Torah, similar to Hakel, where we all gather around the Torah. And Again, alluding to several midrashim that we've uh, highlighted already. Now, we return to our question then of why it is that Moshe speaks in the third person. This question was um, was raised by the Or HaChaim Akadosh, and the Or HaChaim explains Yeshel Heir Kivan Shehu Hamidaber. Since Moshe is the one speaking, Hayalolomar Taret Sivisi Lachem, I commanded it to you. The Gomer. Says the Orachayim, this pasuk is supposed to be juxtaposed to the one that came right before it. In this way, that he's saying that this is what the Bnei Israel are going to one day declare. So they're all going to say in one loud voice the Torah that Moshe commanded us the Torah. And this is in fact how Klai Yisrael opens up the Torah, that we say this Pasuk. Um, and if you look, um, what was the previous Pasuk? The Pasuk previously was So um, the, the, even the lover of the people so those last words is where it's at. It sounds like they are going to um, raise up your, your pronouncements. They're going to declare something. And then we get to Ritzivla and Moshe. So Moshe Benu is teaching Klai Yisrael what they're going to be saying. They're all going to be saying Torah Sivala and Moshe. Interestingly enough, that Moshe is still invoking his, his own name in the third person, but Moshe is telling you that as the Rabbi, so you're going to be 
saying, you're going to be declaring what your Rebbe commanded you, what your Rebbe taught you. And this is really what Torah learning is all about. It's all about the Mesora between Rebbe and Talmud. And thus, we move over to Remez. And there's one really famous Remez, the Gemara Makos, Chav Gimel from Rabbi Simlai, who explains that Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe, what is Torah? Torah's Gematria 611. Because the first two Dibros, the Asaris Dibros, were communicated, Mipiha Gvura, Hashem at Har Sinai said the first two of the Asaris Dibros, and then after those two, Moshe Rabbeinu communicated the rest of them. And thus, we have 613. Now, the Balaturim explains regarding the word Marasha, he says there, the word Marasha only comes up to two times in all of Tanakh, Marasha Kilas Yaakov, and he says, I'm going to give it to you as an, as an inheritance. What does that mean? He's going to give you the, the lands of the nations of the world. But only if you guard Hashem's Torah and His Chukim. That's the whole point. The two Marashas go together the Marasha of the Torah and the Marasha of Eretz Yisrael. If you don't have one, you don't have the other. Um, so it says, says Moshe, only if you keep the Torah do you get to um, hold on to the land that you inherit from the Goyim as a heritage. And this goes back to what we mentioned earlier. The Torah is not an inheritance. Rather, I'm going to give it to you as a Marasha. I am Hashem. It says specifically a Marasha, not a Yerusha. That means you have to do something yourself. And why does it say Kihilas Yaakov? Says the Balaturim. It wasn't Yisrael that was described as the Yosheva Ohalim, but it was Yaakov. Similarly, Matova Oholecha Yaakov. How, grew, how goodly are your tents, Yaakov. The one who's always learning the tents is always Yaakov. Perhaps a discussion for another time why Yaakov is associated with the tents of Torah and Yisrael is not. Uh, but apparently, Yaakov is the name that is used in connection to Torah. Perhaps Israel is, is, is a fusion with uh, the um, you know Kisris Emelokim of Anashim, and so since um, Israel involves the physical world as well, so it's uh, it's more of a combination, a fusion. So Yisrael, Yaakov is the name of Torah. So So when is the Torah fulfilled? When the Kehilah of Yaakov gathers together, and we move over to Drash. So the Gemara and Sukkah we mentioned once again, um, and very appropriate for where we are now in the Sukkah, and I'm, I'm recording this from the Sukkah. Sukkah Membe says, this is the first pasuk you teach your kids, Torah Siva Lanu Moshe. So Ben Yudad explains that one thing that's a, a plus about this pasuk is that we're teaching our child the Torah, and there's no shame Hashem in this pasuk. And because perhaps the child will mess it up, or maybe the, we don't want to say Hashem's name for no reason at all, and the child is not really learning in the same sense that we learn when we say a Pasuk, so maybe it's appropriate um, to not use a Pasuk that has Shem Hashem, even though we, we teach the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael. It says the Ben Yoyada Hashem's name is still alluded to in this Pasuk because the name Moshe is equal in Gematria to Kel Shakai. He doesn't mention this, but the name Moshe rearranged is also Hashem. Hey, Shin Mem. But because Moshe equals Kel Shakai, it's, even a, it's, a, it's a reference to even the, um, to the Shem Hashem there, even though it's not said explicitly. And says the Ben Yoyada, why is it Kehila Siakov? The Kehila comes to include not just the adults. When we say the Kehila, just like by Hakil, that, in, that includes the children as well. So this is a passage that clearly has already referenced the inclusion of children, which we mentioned earlier. That's why, says the Ben Yoyada, we teach this passage to our children. Now, continuing, there are several other drushas that, that, that focus in on the fact that the Torah is called a Morasha, 
um, a, a, a heritage, which is apparently related to the word meorasa, a na'ara, a young girl who was betrothed in Kiddushin but did not have, um, she had Arison but she did not have Nisuin yet. So the Gemara in Barachos says very interestingly on Naf Nun Zayin Amidalf that a person who dreams of himself cohabiting with na'ara meorasa, that means that it shouldn't, you know, shouldn't fear that that could be an anticipation of Torah, that Torah is coming his way. The Gemara B'Sachim similarly on Mem Testament Bays says that one who engages in Torah in front of an Ama Aretz and makes him feel bad that he's ignorant. So that's like be engaging in, in relations with a Nara HaMarasa in front of him. So a person should have a nicer way of, of learning um, in, um, um, in front of other people if they're going to do it at all. The Gemara Sanhedrin on Daf Nun Testament Aleph says that an Ovid Kochavim who learns, well, guess what? He is like someone who has who has been boel. Uh, it's like the Gilei Arayos because it is the Maorasa of Klal Yisrael. The the Torah is our wife; it's not the guy's wife. And finally, um, we have similarly in Sanhedrin on Daf Sadi Aleph and Beis that one who withholds Torah from his students. So it's like he's actually stealing ancestral heritage from them. He's stealing the ma'ora, the morasha. This one is not a, a drash on the word ma'orasa, but it is a, it is a focus on the pashup shot of morasha. It is for all of Klaishal to take hold of. So do not withhold it from other people. Now, finally, we move on to Sod, where I give you two offerings. One, a Zohar Chadash from Parshish Barashish, and then a, um, the Kabbalistic sleeper, the Rashish Chachma. The Zohar Chadash explains that Torah Sivalanu Moshe, or else, Morasha Kilas Yaakov. Now, what does that mean? Torah Sivalan Moshe, that Moshe commanded us the Torah, and it's our job to protect it, to guard it, to fulfill it. But if we do not, Chas Vashalom, so it says Morasha Kilas Yaakov, he says Morasha is the Lashon of Morish. Morish, now we think of Morish as being a, a Morasha as being a heritage, similar to inheritance, that money is coming your way, but says the Zohar Chadash, it's actually the, uh, it's, it's the opposite. Morish means to make poor. That someone who does not keep the Torah, and um, we know Chazal teach us this in the in Avos, someone who does not keep the Torah when he has bounty, when he has wealth, when everything is going well, he's going to also not keep it when he gets poor. The Torah, as it were, is going to cause a person to be poor who doesn't keep it properly. And now finally, the Rishis Chachma says, it says the Rish Lachma, it's, it's very obvious, common sense, the one who does not um, get up out of his love for the Shekhinah. So a person who really, has a real love, a real affection, a real desire towards something, he follows, he goes after, he runs after. He can't sleep because of the love that he has for it. If you have a Tam Chacham who doesn't get up, the Shechina complains about him. He does not have the Ava for me. He's being Mavatal at the time of relations that he's supposed to have with it, as it were. And Hashem himself, um, so where the Rish Chachma is differentiating between a Kaddish Baruch and the Shechina. The Shechina says, Where's my lover? And a Kaddish Baruch says, Hashem says, Hey, you're my, what about my daughter? The Torah, you're not being with my daughter the way you're supposed to. And then the Rish Chachma continues, and he says, The Torah is already compared to the daughter of a king or princess who was beautiful and very desired. I am the Zohar. He says, Check out the Zohar. Kamoshe Neamar, as the Pasuk says, Torah Tzivalanu Moshe, Morasha Vachule, Vamru Chazal, the Psachin, Tani Rabbi Chia, Kolosik Batar, Vithneam Aretz.
It is a to us. It is interesting that the Torah is referred to as a Na'ara and not referred to as our wife. Right? Now there are different kinds of wives. There's a there's Narusa and there's a Nisua, someone who's actually fully married. Why is it that the Torah for us is always compared compared to a, a Meorasa and not a an a, a, a Nisua? So perhaps the answer is similar to why the Torah is not called a Yerusha, but it's called a Morasha. It's not called inheritance, something that you have um, taken for granted that it's all yours, but on the contrary, it's something that you have to acquire yourself. You did the uh, the Morasha, the right? And um, so now that she's in Arusa, she's acquired she as a wife, but as of yet, the engagement in the relations, as it were, the Ona, the time that you give to her, where she becomes an Asua, that is something that you have to do on your own. The Torah is not just granted to you, but you have to teach it. We have to teach it to our children. We have to learn it. We have to engage in it and constantly do it again and again until it really becomes our full-fledged wife, our, our beautiful princess that is most desired. And we should be Zoha to do that going into the next year, and for generations to come, kilos yishkach mipizaro bezras Hashem. And I wish you a wonderful Shabbos Chamoid Sukkot and a wonderful Simchas Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the database.